Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. All right, we're going to be in John chapter 10 this morning, and you're going to have me for the next few weeks, with the exception of next week, I'll be out of town, but um, I'm going to start a series called Who's Talking? Who's Talking? How many of you guys have been in Pentecostal church for, let's say, a while? We won't put years to it, we'll just say a while. That's what I thought, a while, yes. Those of us that have been in Pentecostal church a long time, we've heard lots of folks uh, invoke the words of God, the name of God. You know, God says, thus saith the Lord, and so on. And uh, in the same measure, I think we could probably all agree that we have, in that span of time, seen folks as well who have uh, spoken for God. See my giant air quotes? For God. And that there are times that people speak what I, I think most people believe to be God. And they speak that, but but someone may take it and listen to it and follow it, and it end up bringing destruction in their life. Have you ever seen that before? I've seen that in, in terms of uh, youth ministry. It's an easy example. Uh, I've seen people, well-meaning people, give young Christians a word, and that word be the wrong season, the wrong time, sometimes not even God, and that word mess them up, amen? And I'll say this. I've been the victim of that. I would say the victim. I've, I've been the dummy who did that you know, who not, not necessarily gave the bad word, but who listened to a word because I liked it. I, I wanted what the word said. Even, even if it wasn't God, I hoped it was God. It would have been awesome if it was God, but in the end, it ended up not being the case. And so my, my desire to have what was spoken overwhelmed and overrode my discernment. And that happens a lot. You know, you could really kind of look at the, the church in America and our situation right now with this election. There's been a lot of prophetic voices speaking, an outcome, a specific outcome. And I'm not here to say whether or not that, that's the case. All I know is what Jesus said. Jesus said that, you know, when, when, when somebody's prophecy doesn't come true, they weren't true. They weren't right. Does that mean they're heretics and they're going to hell? No, it doesn't mean that. It means they missed it that time. Now, if they get a track record then you need to stop listening to them, right? But there's all these voices, there's all these people, these things being thrown around, and I believe it's created a little bit of a crisis here in the American church, especially in our branch of the American church, because us spirit-filled folks, we like, we like to talk about God says. And I'll tell you, as a gift that God is developing in me, of it, like interpreting messages, that's been happening more and more for me in service. It is terrifying to be in that situation Likewise, on the flip side, I'm sure some of you folks in here I remember have given messages in tongues. And isn't that terrifying in that moment? Because you just you feel the weight of what is happening. And it's a scary, scary thing. But we have to know as believers who is talking. Who's talking? Are we hearing what God says? Or are we hearing what we want to hear? Are we choosing to discern the voice of God? Or are we choosing to believe something that we are really just hoping for, but it actually may not be the promise of God? And I think we have to answer that question for ourselves, especially if we want to endure in this journey. 
If you recall in elementary school, I'm sure you've done this, and I'm sure some of you teachers have done this. They would, did you guys ever do the game where they lined you up in a line, and they started with the first person, and they spoke into the ear of the first person, and they pass it down the line. By the time it gets to the last person, the last person has to share what was said. And obviously, most of the time, 99% of the time, it was not even close to what was originally spoken because each set of ears, each mind, interpreted the information a certain way and passed it on the way they heard it, not the way it was said. So this is, the, this is the situation that we are in as Pentecostal folks, as people who believe that God can speak to his people even today, because I believe that, because I have likewise received words that were spot on. I have, I've been told stuff by people who didn't know me, and, and it was stuff that I'd said to God, sometimes that day. So I know God can speak, amen? I know he's got listening ears, and I know he's got a voice that speaks. I know it. The problem is, is that he's not the only one with a voice. Amen? He's not the only one with a voice. I have a voice. Sometimes my voice between my ears is louder than God's voice between my ears. Can anyone else admit that? Amen? Sometimes my neighbor's voice, my spouse's voice, my parents' voice, somebody's voice that I am listening to greater than God's even when they don't intend that. So, who's talking? Who's talking? In John chapter 10, in John chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 1. The context of John chapter 10, what happened in the previous chapter is Jesus has healed a man who was born blind. The Bible itself says that no one had ever done this before. A man who was born blind. There were people who had become blind through illness or accident. And Jesus healed those, prophets healed those, people like that. But this man was born with no use of his eyes for the entirety of his life. We can estimate that the man was probably near 40 simply because his parents, when they're interviewed by the Pharisees, say, hey, he's a grown man. Ask him. And in Jewish culture, grown man status came about 40 years old. Okay, so he was, he was we'll say he's up to about 40. He could be younger. So this is a man who is grown enough to speak for himself, and he does. The Pharisees ask him, how were you made able to see? And he says, this guy came along. I don't know who he was. And he spit in the dirt, and he made some clay, and he put it on my eyes. Now, how many of you would like to get your miracle that way? Amen. A little bit of spit, a little bit of mud, put that on your eyeballs. Amen. Yummy, right? But he got his miracle. The Pharisees are all in a tizzy because it was the Sabbath day. It was the holy day. You're not allowed to do anything. Even God can't move on the, on the Sabbath day, apparently, according to the Pharisees. It is. It's, it's nuts. And so as we lead into John chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus has, has encountered the, the man who's been made whole, and he's warned him. He has said, hey, you know, you need to be careful with what you do in life, lest, you know, you injure yourself or, or cause this to come again. And, uh, and he says, do you believe in the one that God has sent, and the man says, who is he that I may believe in him? And he says, here I am. What a revelation. Here I am. The Pharisees hear this at the end of chapter 9, and they just get all kinds of upset about it. So in John chapter 10, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. This is the audience. He's trying to refute the people who are trying to refute the work of God. 
These people are religiously elite. They are scripturally literate to the point of uh, confusion. <laughs> They're so smart. They, becoming wise, they become as fools, right? These people are so smart in, in the Word, and yet they cannot reconcile what God has done for this man. So Jesus begins to speak, and he says in verse 1, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, to the shepherd, the porter openeth. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Verse 4 says, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse 5, And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Verse 6, This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Can we pray real quick? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We ask that something that is said today will become part of us. God, we give you permission to open up our ears to hear and to cultivate the good ground of our heart, that it may be good ground to receive that good seed of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Back to verse 1. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he that enters in not by the door of the sheepfold, but climbs in some other way, the same as a thief and the robber. Thief and a robber. The sheepfold that he's mentioning is the people of God. It's a, a type, an, an allegory for the people of God. The sheepfold, the ones that God has chosen. We know that, that God has chosen them because he says that these sheep uh, are called by name. In verse 3, to him the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. We are in the sheepfold of God. But just because we're in the sheepfold of God does not mean we are immune to thieves and robbers. It does not mean that we are immune to listening to the wrong voice. It's fascinating to me because what Jesus says in this passage, he mentions his voice several times. Now, I'm sure there's not many of us who could say we've heard the voice of God. I don't know that I've ever heard the audible voice of God. I heard uh, Oral Roberts say years ago that he had heard God's voice a handful of times in his life. I, would, I think I would love to hear God's voice. I may not in the experience. I know the children of Israel, when they heard God speak from the mountain, it scared them to death. So much so that they said, Moses, we don't want to hear him anymore. You go talk to him. So if that's the experience, maybe I don't want to hear God's voice. But Jesus makes the statement that his sheep, that they are his, and that they are his because they know his voice. What separates the people of God from everyone else is who our shepherd is. It's not opportunities to be shepherded. It is who our shepherd is. You can be shepherded in all areas of life. I'm sure we've all had people at work who mentored us. We've had people at, uh, at home, maybe a grandparent who poured into us, who taught us how to live a good life, maybe especially if our parents didn't. You know, we've had people who can shepherd us in life. But who is our shepherd? Who is our good shepherd? Whose voice do we hear? Do we know the difference between his voice and the voice of a thief or a robber? The reason why I say that is because if we go on down, 
to verse 8. It says, I'm sorry, yeah, verse 8. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Verse 9 says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The thief and the voice are connected. We are very quick to point to John 10.10 and say, see, the thief, the devil comes, except to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why the devil comes. Actually, the devil comes and thieves come to speak to you. That's the context of the passage. Understand, thieves and robbers aren't always the devil. Right? Thieves and robbers don't show up with horns and a pitchfork. That would be too easy. What kind of dumb enemy would show up with horns and a pitchfork and say, you better, you need to do what I say? We'd be like, no, we're not doing that. You're the devil. I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box, but I can figure that one out. No, 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 the devil, he doesn't show up looking like the devil. He, he shows up looking like people. Ephesians 6.12 tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness and darkness and high places. The flesh and blood that we see has something behind it, but it manifests, that thing behind it manifests as a thief and a robber and a person. And the person gets in, and what do they do? They speak. They speak. What did Jesus say was the defining characteristic? He calls his own sheep by name. They hear his voice. He calls them by name. Verse 4 says, they know his voice. The sheep follow him, and they know his voice. And verse 5 says, a stranger they will not follow, for they know not the voice of strangers. Strangers, thieves, get in, and they start talking. Why? Because they want to get the sheep acclimated to their voice. To their voice. Because when you get used to a voice, you might follow it. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's way easier to be like, oh, no, he's here to steal. He, he's got pantyhose over his head and a money bag with a big dollar sign on it. He's here to steal. Oh, that's the enemy. What if that's your cousin? Right? He doesn't have to be dressed like a bank robber from the 40s. What if he's dressed like your cousin? And he's telling you what God says, but it ain't God. You with me? What if he's dressed like that guy you like on TV? What if he's dressed like your grandma, who means well and is probably a sweet, sweet saint of God? But sometimes grandma's wrong. Amen? Amen. The voice. Jesus is warning the sheep about the voice. He's not worried. He's not warning us about thieves and robbers coming in like Wiley e. Coyote and picking up sheep and carrying them over the fence. He doesn't say that, does he? He doesn't say, watch out, hold tight to the sheepfold. Because if you, hold tight, if you don't hold tight, they're going to pick you up and carry you off. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, hold tight, they're going to they're kill you, they're going to gut you in the sheepfold. He doesn't say that. He says it's their voice that's going to lead you into destruction. It's their voice that's going to steal from you and kill you and destroy what I'm doing in you. It's the voice. Who's talking? 
in our lives? Who are we giving ear to? Who are we listening to that's saying what God says? And God's not saying it. Who's trying to acclimate you to their voice so that they may lead you down their agenda and their path? And it doesn't have to just be super spiritual church stuff. Who's doing it at work? Who's trying to mess your family up? Who's speaking into your family? Where I work, we do a lot of things centered around change points. Use that term, change points. When did it change? Well, we adjusted this, and then everything went bad. Okay, put it back. Change point. Did your family start going sideways when this person came along? Change point. When this voice started speaking to me, did you suddenly start thinking things you shouldn't be thinking about? Change point. Okay? Change point. Who's talking to you? Whose voice have you given ear to? There might be a thief and a robber in your life, and he's not going to take you and throw you in a bag and carry you away. No, he's going to get you to walk out on your own. Because his voice is all he needs. It's all he needs. Conversely, the voice of Christ is all we need. Amen? If we know the voice of God, I mean the voice of God, the direction of God. Have you had those times in your journey where you knew, you knew, as pastor would say, you knew down in your knower. You knew deep down what you were supposed to do. And it defied understanding. It defied logic. Have you had those, anyone had that experience? You knew. Oh, I, I knew. I knew where I wasn't supposed to go, where I was supposed to go. I knew what job to keep, what job to move from. I knew. Those handful of times in my life where I knew who was talking to me and the difference that it made, the, the change in the outcome that came. And then conversely, those same, in those same instances, the other voices that were talking saying, you know, maybe that's not the way to go. you got to be able to tell the difference between who's talking to you. There are thieves and robbers dressed as people. And I would even say thieves and robbers that don't even know they're thieves and robbers. I think there's lots of good folks. I think they mean well. They get ambitious. They get desirous of things. They want a gift. For some reason, they think there's glamour and giftedness. I don't know why they think that. If you've ever been truly gifted, you know there's not glamour in it. It's terrifying. But we get people, especially in the church, especially in our kind of church, that like to talk for God. And, and, and likewise, as sheep, we get sheep who don't like to listen. What I mean is, it's hard to listen sometimes. I don't mean that you're, you know, everybody's just rebellious and, well, I'm not going to listen to that. I don't mean that. What I'm saying is, sometimes we hear what God says and we don't like it. Or it scares us. We're afraid of it, but that's not the way I thought it was going to go, Lord. And, and, and verse 4, I believe it is. Yes. Verse 4 says, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. See, we hear sometimes, or we get the sense sometimes, that God is speaking in a direction that is adverse, a direction that we don't want. We don't want to go through the valley of the shadow of death. But only there will his rod and his staff comfort us. I can't have the rod and the staff without the valley. 
Sometimes God's calling me to go a direction. He's speaking to me in a way that I don't like. It doesn't feel good. It's not what I thought would happen. But as long as I'm in his sheepfold and I know his voice, and I'm telling you from experience here, I don't have to like it to go that way. I don't have to like it to follow his voice because the good news is that he goes before us even when we don't like it. Even when it's a path that we would not choose for ourselves, He goes before us. He goes. So when we get to the valley of the shadow of death, He's already there. He's got the rod and the staff ready. And we don't want to go that way. And so sometimes we choose not to listen to that voice. Who's talking? Who's talking? Are we going to listen to the voice of our shepherd? even when it's inconvenient or scary, even when it challenges who we are or who we think we want to be. Oh, what if he tells you to quit that cushy job? Is that you, Lord? (laughs) Is that you, Lord? Lord, you know how much I make here. Is that you? God, are you sure? I've been tithing, Lord. It's not, this isn't punishment for tithing, right? I've been tithing. But he, he's leading you down a path maybe you didn't want to go. But then some other voice comes along and says, you know what, man, don't, no, 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 no. God wants you to be a blessing. God wants you to be a blessing. Maybe, but maybe he's going to take you somewhere where you're going to be a bigger blessing. Maybe not. Maybe you're not good with money and he's humbling you. Ooh, sorry, got quiet. Maybe the shepherd knows how to shepherd his sheep. And the thieves and the robbers don't. Maybe the shepherd knows that you're right where you need to be in your job, in your family, your marriage. Maybe, God forbid, in your church. Maybe he made you to be here. Maybe this is the sheepfold that you were meant to be in. Maybe it's the one your kids and grandkids are meant to be in. Hey, man, this is your sheepfold because your shepherd knows his sheep. He calls you by name, and he goes before you. And you follow him because you know his voice. Our challenge in this day is to know his voice above all other voices, including our own. Because our voice gets emotional. Our voice is selfish sometimes. Self-seeking. But his voice is for the sheep. The ability of the sheep to follow is directly connected to their recognition of the shepherd's voice. If I don't know his voice, I can't follow him. Oh, man. How many want to follow God? Oh, I want to follow him. I want to go everywhere he wants me to be, whatever it is. I have, I have been outside of that place, and I don't like it. I like it much better inside that place. Amen. I'm being right where God wants me to be. And there is a difference. Oh, my goodness, there's a difference. But my ability to follow is directly connected to my ability to discern his voice. I have to choose his voice over others. I have to be able to hear through all the white noise and pick out his voice. Well, wait a second. That's my shepherd, and he's over here, going over here, because that's where my shepherd is. Yeah, but what about this, or what about this voice, or that opinion, or that opportunity? Okay, that's all out there, but that's not my shepherd's voice. I can't follow that. 
Who's talking to me? Who's talking to me? Verse 6 tells us that Jesus spoke this parable unto the Pharisees, but they could not understand what he said. Could you imagine for a second? Jesus, right? Like we like to picture, however you picture Jesus as blonde hair, blue eyed, or Middle Eastern, however you picture Jesus, I don't care. Picture Jesus standing before you and talking to you and not being able to understand it. Is that not a scary thought? I would hope, number one, if I were, un, if I were conscious, because if I saw Jesus, I might pass out. If I were conscious and Jesus were speaking to me, that I would be able, I would be grasping, I would be stretching to, to understand what he's saying. Now, granted, these folks did not see him as their shepherd, as their Lord. So they, could, they couldn't hear him. They couldn't hear his voice. Man, isn't that still true? Isn't that still true? People read and see what Jesus says, and they just don't get it. They don't understand it. Why? Because he's not their shepherd. They had Jesus speaking to them face to face, and they could not understand it. They knew the word of God as well as he did, but they could not hear his voice. It wasn't that they were deaf. Their hearts were hard. It's like, it's like little kids sometimes. You know when your kids aren't listening to you? You know the difference when they're listening and when they're not. Hey, I'm talking to you. Hey, over here. Hey, turn the thing off. Listen. Listen. Jesus is talking to them, and they can't understand it because they're too busy hearing what he's saying through their ears, through their feelings, through their knowledge, through their interpretation. He's not their shepherd, so he can't hear them. Oh, God, help us if we ever become that, that kind of a person. I don't want to be that kind of person. I submit to you that their problem in the passage was not in Jesus' ability to speak. To be fair, sometimes it's hard to hear God's voice, isn't it? So I'm sure we've had instances where God has spoken through circumstance. Maybe you were praying for something, it didn't happen. So we say, oh, that must have been God's will. We've, we've had experiences where God has spoken through people, through all these situations, right? It, it's not exactly Jesus' ability to speak that's the problem. It's their ability to hear. It's our ability to hear, to become so accustomed to the voice of God that we would choose it out of a crowd. Choose it out of a crowd. Years ago when Pastor Mike's boys were young, I remember uh, they'd be running around sanctuary. It wouldn't matter who, who, you know, how many people were in here. Pastor Mike would let out this, this snap. Crack, right, like that, crack. His boys would perk up like meerkats. It didn't matter what they were doing. Boom. They'd stop, and they'd start looking for dad. Some of you guys probably remember that. Amazing. I, I don't think I could train my kids that well. Amazing. That was just a snap. It wasn't a... a a cry or a call, it was just a snap, but they knew. They knew it. They knew it out of everything else that was going on in the room. They knew when that sound came that it was dad. It's a silly example, but oh my gosh, God trained me. God trained me to hear your voice, to know it so well that no matter what's going on around me, I'll stop and I'll look up whenever you make a sound. God trained your church, trained this church. 
to be so full of people that know his voice so well that no matter who else is talking, no matter what noise is on the TV, the radio, or anywhere else, when God says a word, a syllable, we stop. And we don't question and we look up and we say, yes, what's going on? Yes, what do you want? What do, you, what, what do I do? Did I do something? His sheep know his voice. We can know the word and miss the voice. I've done it. Trust me, it's possible. You can know the word and miss the voice. But the voice of God is what we need to learn. The voice of God. Oh, he doesn't hide his voice. He doesn't want us to not know what he sounds like. He doesn't want us to just be like, God, is that you? God, is that you? He's given us a whole book. He's given us all kinds of information about how to discern his voice. So we're going to talk about that in the next couple Sundays, about the different ways that God speaks to his people, because we need to know the difference between his voice and everyone else's. Because sometimes a thief looks like a preacher. Oh, it's quiet. Oh, yeah, it's true. Sometimes a thief looks like your family. Ooh, I'm sure you guys are perfect. Don't worry about it. Sometimes the thief does have the red cape and the horns. But he's smart enough to show up through people you trust, through voices that tickle your ears, make you feel all the fuzzies that you like, instead of the ones that challenge you. God's our shepherd. He's my shepherd. I hope he's your shepherd. And if he's your shepherd, then you need to strive to know his voice. Let me say it like this. If he is our shepherd, we need to strive to know his voice, don't we? I feel like I know his voice sometimes. And then I get reminded that I don't always hear as well as I think I do. Amen? Sometimes my opinions, the things I want, get in the way. Who's talking? Who's talking? Can you discern the difference between the voice of God and the voice of all others? Could you find a, a thief in the sheepfold or a robber? Or would you be one that just follows them right out the gate? Remember, he's not throwing you in a bag, taking you over the fence. No, he's going to lead you out the gate. Because you, you're choosing his voice over the shepherd's voice. That's scary. Stand up this morning. I'm done. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.